Hello, everyone, and welcome to Part-Time Nerds, Full-Time Dads. I'm Mike Laidman. And I'm Chris Blonsky. And we're two dads who also happen to be nerds. We certainly aren't experts, but we are open to sharing our experiences with other nerdy dads out there in the interest of keeping our kids alive. Now, today, the day that we're recording, is the day after the clocks sprung ahead. That's right. The government stole an hour from all of us. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I feel so haggard that I just, I don't want to do anything. I'm just like over today. I'm done. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you at all, Mike. And, and science says that you are also correct too. Well, it's like the most accident day, like most, like most car accidents in the world day, because the day after everyone loses the hour of sleep to daylight yeah. savings. It's almost like, I think it's like 100% more accidents and heart attacks and medical issues than like the same thing just the day before. I'm not shocked. I was dying. I was dying at like two o'clock this afternoon. Oh, yeah. I just kind of wasn't sitting with you. Well, I was just like falling asleep. Like I'm like, I could just close my eyes and pass out right now. (laughs) And I didn't, thank crap, because, you know, I was at work, but- I, I felt like if I had closed my eyes, I could have passed out. It was that, I was that tired. That's just no good, Mike. Yeah. I, f- I feel like it's not affecting me as much because I've been sleeping so shitty <laughs> over the last <laughs> couple of weeks anyway. Right. Like, I, I woke up this morning at 7, or like the news 7, but I've been waking up at like 5.36 the last couple of weeks, so it was like, oh, well, at least now I don't feel as bad about it. The funny thing was, is I actually slept worse. Like, I actually got more sleep last night than I did the night before. Right. The the night before, I got, like, three hours of sleep. And then last Mm -hmm. night, I got, like, six, seven, six, maybe six hours of sleep. So, it seems like I should have been more haggard yesterday than today. But today was, there was hard. It was a hard And how did did William handle it? Uh, He did not go to bed on time. Okay. Normally, we put him down for bed just before 7. Like, we put him down around 6.30. Okay. And we put him down at quarter to 7 just to kind of give him a little more time, you know? And we actually delayed the start of our recording tonight because he wasn't going down for his sleep. He was very, very unimpressed. He also is teething, so there's that issue as well. Like, he's got teeth coming in left, right. He's up to 7 now. Nice. So... Yeah, so he's a little teething machine at this point. How how did Ben take the the hour less of sleep? Pretty good. He went to bed at the normal time. Well, we hung out yesterday a little bit, but I was telling you that I was a very aggressive dad yesterday in the right. sense of, you know what? <laughs> you get to go to bed 30 minutes later than you normally would, and today you're going to bed at the normal time. But he woke up this morning at like 7.30 in the morning, which was fine. And then he napped at his usual time and he went to bed at his usual time. So I think he's he's doing well. We'll see if he wakes up tomorrow at like 5 or something ridiculous, but I think he'll be okay. Well, that's good. Hopefully he yeah. does not <laughs> do something like that. But yeah, yeah. You, you said it off the top there that we actually got together yesterday and we got the boys together. And I got to say, I was quite surprised that with all the time that our kids have spent together, they were both very shy around each other yesterday. Yeah, but I mean, we haven't really hung out much either in the last, I don't know, whenever the girls went back to, <laughs> to work, probably would be the last time they really consistently hung out. Right. Plus, it's probably a new new area, you know, for at least for William, right? He's going to somebody's house that he doesn't fully remember and that kind of stuff, but... Well, the funny thing is, I, I told you a couple weeks ago that there's a new kid in daycare named Austin. Yeah. And William has been spending a lot of time with Austin. And my theory was because Austin looked like Ben like a couple months ago. And it was funny because I actually showed a photo of Ben to the, the women at daycare. And they're like, oh, my God, that looks like Austin. Like they think that oh, Austin okay, looks okay. like Ben. So it's not just me that thinks as much, right? Right. So then when it was time to actually see Ben, it was like, oh, uh, who's this? I don't know him kind of a thing. It was very odd. <laughs> His very hair's odd. a little bit longer, a little more poofy than that uh, must than be it. remembered. Yeah. Yeah. I also definitely showed them that photo from the drive-in of William all zoomed in in the background because that, that, that was the photo of Ben I showed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, it, well, first of all, I don't have too many photos of Ben. 
but that was one that I had access to. So I was like, oh, here's one. Also, here's a fun Easter egg. And, yeah, that's right. Look, yeah. look at my kid in the background. Yeah, the that's window. that's Slade. Absolutely Slade. Everybody was very happy to see yeah. crying William in the background of the Avengers photo. But. Wow, that's good, Mike. I definitely noticed that when we hung out yesterday, a lot of it is just like watching the kids. You know, it's like, what are they going to do now? Oh, look at he's lifting up a cup now, <laughs> you know, because we went and got pizza and it was like a 10 minute drive between the two things. It's like, I feel like I talked to Mike more in that 10 minutes than we did in the oh, probably. complete two other hours that we were hanging out for. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, there was also all the moments of where it was like, all right, is my kid going to steal something from their kid? Like constantly, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Just you got to keep an eye and make sure that everybody stays friendly and, and doesn't make a scene kind of a thing. That's right. It's like going to the zoo pretty much at this point. Yeah. You're just watching them do something cool. But it worked out. And, you know, you got to see him before he unprettied his face. Who unprettied whose face? William unprettied his face. Oh, how did you do that? Well, apparently they went for a nice walk today because it was a nice sunny day today. Mm-hmm. And uh, William was looking at something on the ground. And he bent over to look at something, and apparently he does not know how to stop bending over and took a face plant into the ground. <laughs> he doesn't know that arms exist quite yet. <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> so he comes home, and, and like Laura answers the door, because it just so happened that Laura heard me coming home, and she was holding William. So, so I open the door, and William's sitting there, and he's got like this cut-up nose, and I'm like, what happened? What happened? And she's like, oh, it happened at daycare. And I'm like, oh, well, that explains it. Right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, so he took a face plant, and they're like, did you see his accident report? Here's his accident report. <laughs> so, I feel like that's just all part of parenting at this point. It's like, just don't injure yourself too bad. Yeah, well, that that's the second time he's taken a face plant. The first time was he was walking too fast, and he wasn't quite walking to the standards he walks now and took a face plant. And this time it was just bending over and with too much momentum, apparently. <laughs> yeah, just need to pick up that thing. Really bad. That's yeah. All. Yeah, that, they didn't know. They didn't tell us what he was doing. They said he bent over and he just continued to go over and pff, face first into the thing. Yeah. So. yeah, that happens. Ben did that in his snowsuit one time. He like bent over to pick something up, but then you know how the like, snowsuits are so bulky and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He like fell over and then just sort of like pyramided on his head. Nice. <laughs> and was stuck in that position. It was amazing. That's funny. Like his face was like face down in the snow and everything. Well, no. So his face was fine, but he was like forehead and top of the head touching the ground, and his legs were still on the ground. Of course. So he yeah. was like literally like a pyramid. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah that's a wonderful image. Yeah. The kids are so stupid. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So you know you're doing good, and and I'm doing good, and apparently the guy who sold the Nintendo PlayStation is doing good possibly there's some interesting like this is something that we've been talking about on the show a couple of weeks in a row now right so it's over the auction is done yes so well so what was what was our guesses i think i guessed three i guessed 375 yeah 375,000 and yes. you were at what three i think i said i think i said 345 or something to that effect okay. a, i think i said a weird number if i remember but the, the answer is, technically, we're both right, because it kind of came in the middle. Okay. But it all depends on your definition of what it sold for. Oh, do tell. Okay, so do you remember when I would I would name off the number, and then it was like, but then there's this number in the bracket, which I think the bracket number was like the reserve, like they, they will bid up to this. Okay, yes. I remember you saying this, yeah. Well, it turns out that's not what that number was. Oh, so what is it then? That number is the price of the item, including what the auction site is being paid. So technically, technically, the Nintendo PlayStation sold for $360,000. But $60,000 of that total is going to the auction site. Okay, so technically it sold for 300. It really depends on on what you want to say oh, it okay. sold for. Now, I've heard rumors that this guy was offered uh, just a, a private sale 1.2 million dollar like buyout. Yes. And then he thought he could make a lot more money putting it on an auction and now doesn't he look a little red in the face? <laughs> you would think. Now, I've <laughs> yeah. also heard rumors is that he said that 
to inflate the value. Oh, yeah, a little conspiracy, yeah. Yeah, there's cuz there was a lot of interesting comments about the sale I saw on Twitter. Right. Where people were like, "Oh man, this guy was offered 1.2 million, but he feels stupid now." And then other people were like, "Yeah, that guy's kind of a dick. I'm pretty sure he said that to inflate the value." And I'm like, "Everything I've seen about that dude doesn't tell me that he was a dick, but I mean, I never met him." So I don't really know. He, maybe he is a secret dick. I don't know. Maybe he's just really nice in person or when a camera is, is rolling, right? Because that's the only time I've seen him is, is doing on-camera things. But yeah, so apparently 1.2 million was the maybe, but it's 360, 300, depends on what you feel like, is what it ended up selling for. And it sold, actually, because this is the thing that's, that I think is really funny, is it was an online auction. But they finished the auction in person. Like, they actually set up a room and stuff, and you could call into the room, or you could come to the room and actually physically bid on it there, or you could bid online, which was like, well, if, why didn't you just let it, like, why is why is not one of these places sufficient, you know? like Right, yeah. But, but the person who won was actually someone in the room. It was somebody who flew down and, and bid on it there. Oh, okay. I guess maybe being in person drives the bids a little bit more. Like, just so like the intensity of seeing other people around, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. But the winner, whose name I forgot, was the owner of Pets.com and Toys.com. Oh. Yeah, so back in the dot-com boom, this guy bought Pets.com and Toys.com, and I guess somehow made money off of that. Oh, oh! So he didn't actually run it. He just did. Uh, a well, he might have. Squatting. I don't know. All I saw was that he he was the original owner of those those websites, and I don't know if that means he had websites there or if somebody bought them. But they're just like, yeah, it was the owner of Pets dot com and Toys dot com. And I'm like, that doesn't really tell me too much. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, should I know who this guy is? Yeah, because but... I'm like Pets dot com and Toys dot com. I feel like those are things that I should know, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's no it's no google.com. Really. Yeah. Yeah. But the he was the winner and the question of what's going to happen to it is it just going to go into some private collection and sit there and never be seen again? He has said that it the the intent is for people to see it. Like he's he's already committed to a few showings like it has a few expositions that it's going to so it, it's still going to tour for a little bit and then he said from the sounds of it there's a some installation at a, I believe it was San Diego, a San Diego museum that they're doing like some history of video games installation and it's going to stay there for a while. So it'll be available at this museum to be seen. That makes a lot of sense. So it will still be, you know, available to be seen. It's just not going to be on the tour as much anymore. Right. But that's good. Right. I'd much rather it was somewhere even if it was in a museum that i'm never going to go to versus you know in some dude's private collection never seeing the light of day yeah no, i know i completely agree it's definitely like a public sort of thing and it is it's a piece of history right it's a probably one of the most important pieces of history i would suspect right if you actually sort of sat down and look at it yeah. and by history i mean like video, video game, game history, history. Yeah. yeah yeah no it's not bigger than like this you know. isn't apollo 11 or anything like yeah that. <laughs> no somebody didn't find noah's ark in the ditch you know like oh yeah, crap right. no yeah but but the nintendo playstation is more important yeah yes absolutely yeah. yeah wouldn't that be a fine day just some guys like hey i found noah's ark how do you know? Well, there's two of every animal skeleton inside. <laughs> they didn't make it off the yard. Wow, that just throws everything into question. At that point. How did any of this happen? I don't know. Well, it's the animals that didn't. It's the animals that don't exist anymore. They're, those animals. Oh, are, okay. Yes, yeah, yes, those yes, are the dead right. animals. That's something that I always enjoyed. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Noah. I don't think so. No, it's, it's the Russell Crowe movie from a few years ago. I worked on it, so that's how I saw it. Oh, okay. But there was a there's a scene in the movie where they're bringing all of the animals to to the ark, and uh, there's a camp of dirty, ugly people who are all evil that live outside of where the ark is. Mm -hmm. And all of the animals are coming to the ark, and the bad people are like, "We want on the ark," and he's like, "Well, you can't come to the ark because you people are bad." And so what the bad people start doing is they start catching animals and then eating them. And the thing that I thought was really funny 
or well, even not just funny, but like smart, right? Was all of the animals that they catch and kill don't exist? They're not real animals. Like they're the, like they weren't catching sheep. It was like some weird sheep that doesn't exist because oh, okay, because okay. they killed them. They were not on the ark and therefore did not survive the flood. Kind of a thing. That's pretty deep, but it's also pretty smart. Yeah, it's it's a it's a little detail that I appreciated in the movie, but. Whatever. It was a dumb movie. <laughs> yeah, so. say my favorite Noah's Ark thing is that scene from Family Guy. It's like five second clip where it's like there's an elephant and I think like a lion or something. And then Noah walks up with this lion with an elephant head. And he's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> 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 yeah. Good old Family Guy. The other thing about that movie that I remember is it weirdly becomes a slasher movie. At the oh, end of okay, the movie. Yeah. yeah, like they get all the animals on the ark, and then Noah thinks that the whole reason that everything's gone bad because things start going badly is because like his adopted daughter is like the devil or something. So he starts like stalking her on the ship with a knife. And Damn. everybody but but the funny thing is is like the whole story is like we gotta save her from Noah. Like look at the movie's about <laughs> Noah, and he becomes the villain at the end of the movie. Like it yeah, was that, like it's a little like, weird. It's a weird movie. Yeah. Weird movie. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Noah's Ark. We were here talking about PlayStations. And and I had a thought after our discussion last weekend where you sold your PlayStation. Oh, no. Okay. Yes. This has been really eating you up on the inside. It has. I've it? been thinking about this. I've had a week to think about this. And I thought about it. And, and I know there was a game that you were really excited about that you can't play anymore. No, I know. Yeah. I know. You can't play The Last of Us, Last Part, of Us two? Part, yeah. Part 2 anymore. I'll just come over to your house, Mike, and I'll just hover over your shoulder and watch it. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch some Twitch streamers or something like that. I'll watch them play. Maybe. But yeah, I remember what you, when you said that, I was like, wait a minute. He won't be able to play Last of Us 2. And I know. I know. Really I know. It was a calculated decision. It was like, okay, I'm going to have to sacrifice this. But maybe Ben will come around and like when the PlayStation 6 rolls around and I'll get like the remastered version or something then. Well, if they're going with what they've been talking about, everything is supposed to work on everything going forward, so to speak. So you'll be getting, you can just get the PlayStation 4 version now, and then when you're ready, it'll work. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. You're set. You're set. You're good to go. Yeah, problem solved already. <laughs> there you go. I could hold on to that for you if you decided to buy it. I could hold on to it for you until you needed it. You see. <laughs> Joint custody, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Yeah, then yeah, I'll have it Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and then you can have it. No, wait, that gives you four days. No, wait, unless Sundays we switch, you know, Maybe, alternating yeah, Saturdays, right. or, and alternating Sundays. weekends or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, see, we get we'll figure this out. We get yeah, it. we got it. But it sounds so easy. I mean, they do it with kids all the time, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you're gonna miss out on the Last of Us, but unless. They incorporate the story of The Last of Us into the brand new Last of Us HBO show that got announced. I'm so excited about this. It, it's such a, you know, if you really think about it, it's a really cool game to adapt to a TV series. You know, it's kind of got like that dystopian future, which everybody's all about. It's got zombies. Well, I don't, they're not zombie-ish. They're, they're zombie-esque. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, zombie-adjacent things. But it looks pretty cool, and it sounds like they're actually going to team up with the original writer. Yeah, Neil Druckmann, who is the writer of both The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2. He was also the co-director of The Last of Us 1, and I believe he's just, just the straight-up director of The Last of Us 2. Yeah, he's going to be co-writing the series. Right. The other creator is the creator of Chernobyl from HBO, and Chernobyl was fantastic. So I'm excited about this news because, I mean, Chernobyl was phenomenal and Chernobyl was dealt with, you know, in, in a very respectful way. Yeah, I so gonna, I can I only say tasteful. Yeah. Very, yeah. As, as tasteful as like skin falling off bones and stuff is. <laughs> I don't remember that part of Chernobyl. It, but, it was in there. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway, it's interesting because I've seen a lot of funny things like somebody pulled up some tweet about like from like um, like months ago where somebody asked him about like what his favorite games are. And he's like, well, The Last of Us is one of my favorites. And somebody tweeted at him. They're like, you should adapt it, you coward. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I I really want to believe it was that one tweet. He's like, well, 
well, all right then. Yeah. I'm going to take you up on this challenge. All right. It, yeah, it was like some random tweet from like September of last year. But yeah, no, I think I think it being done as a series, because it was being talked about being a, a movie for a long time, and they actually have confirmed that this is going to take the place of the movie. Like people were like, are they still going to do a movie? And they're like, no, the movie's done. It's about this HBO show. And I feel like it is better suited to HBO as, as like a limited series because like there's a lot that happens in the last of us and I would hate them to cram it all into a two hour movie. I completely agree. I was actually going to say the exact same point. I, I actually really like the trend of sort of the limited release series, you know, kind of like Chernobyl was right. It was like five episodes, six episodes. Uh, um, I think it was five. Yeah. Well, one of the two, either yeah. one, about like yeah, a limited yeah. number of episodes and they were, you know, an hour long or whatever. I actually, I really like doing that. And I agree with you as I think it really lends itself to sort of a deeper dive. Now, do you know, have they released if they're going to just copy the storyline kind of exactly, or are they going to do, well, you know, here's the storyline, but here's some other side stuff that's not in the game necessarily. I feel like they might incorporate some extra stuff in there. Like the the original writer, because he's there's some interview with him, and he's like, we might put some new stuff in there. He said there's something along the lines of we actually might put information from The Last of Us 2 in it if, it, if we find a place to fit it kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm curious as to where they're going to, to, to do it, because like, if you think about it, the way that the last of a story is, and now it's funny because now it's like, oh, well, who cares about spoiling a game that's seven years old? Now it's something for people to look forward to. So we can't really talk about it, right? <laughs> so, but I still feel like the story of The Last of Us, the way that it, it is in the game, it lends itself very well to episodic. Like if you think about it, the, the way it is in the game, it's spread between the very beginning is before the outbreak. And then it's the spring, and then it's the fall, and then it's the winter, and then it's the spring again. Like, I, I think that that, if they, they keep at it in those chunks, I mean, obviously, I feel like it's going to be more than five episodes, but there's interesting things that happen in those chunks where, like, they go from, you know, they, they're in, in the spring, they're in Boston, and then they go from Boston into to Bill's town. And I mean, I'm trying to keep things pretty basic here, but yeah, then yeah. from there, they're in another town. But, and but then you're right. Go- yeah. There's, there's very distinct chapters, essentially, yeah. depending on how you want to define it, either location or, or season, but they do it both in the game. So, yeah. And, and I also think that it gives a better chance to focus on individual characters as well, because there's a lot of characters. Like, obviously the whole point of last of us is, is Joel and Ellie and their relationship, mm-hmm. but there are characters who come in and out of the story. And, and, and by in and out, I mean like they're in it for a bit and then you don't see them again. And that doesn't mean they all die. It just means that like this guy's here and then they leave that place and that guy stays there or something yes. like that. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're in that piece of that moment yeah yeah and and it happens a lot like i can think of at least five times where they they are seeing somebody and then that person is gone so it, it's it'll it'll be great because they'll have this rotating cast that you can get to know like they'll spend an, like an episode getting to know somebody's story and and that person can have their own little arcs you know in, in each episode but at the same time there's the the wide arc of joel and ellie and and you know it, how those people show up can influence how that arc builds for each individual person yeah yeah I have I have nothing else to add to that. That was very <laughs> that was a, very well stated. Well, also the other thing too is if it's on HBO, that means it can be gory as shit. So, so so do you think they go like hyper realistic, or do they go a little bit more like sci fi ish? No, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna keep it true to the world of The Last of Us, which is realistic and brutal. Yeah, and I mean like brutal like this stuff that happens in the last of us that's just like it's hard to watch like when that one guy gets killed with a piece of glass yes yeah (laughs) you know stuff like that i mean that's a slight i mean lots of people die i'm sure a lot of people have also died by by pieces of glass but there's one cut scene where a dude is being (laughs) slowly lowered onto a piece of glass but anyway i feel like that's that's what it's gonna be is that like 
Because, I mean, that's what it looks like the second one is going to be. They're just going to continue that theme of this dark, brutal world that, that pulls no punches on, on the people who live in it. Yeah. Yeah, I was just reading through the article here. I was just seeing if they had any sort of date mentioned, but I don't see anything at this point in time. Just that it's in development. So, maybe next year, something like that. I, I just, As long as they don't pull some Westworld crap on us where it's like... I mean, I don't know if you watched Westworld, but the first season happened and then it like ends on somewhat of a cliffhanger and then they waited. It's two years between seasons. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, though? I HBO has got a good track record. It's worth waiting, although I'll you know, cue all the Game of Thrones season eight whining right now. But uh, there's a lot of people whining about Westworld, too. A lot of people thought that the first season was phenomenal and the second season was very like, what the hell? You know, like. I like the second season. The second season is not the first season of Westworld. I will agree. But I didn't hate it. Like, I, there's a lot of people who are just like, I, I saw a video today and it was somebody, it was, it was an old college humor sketch and it was couples therapy and it was Rick and Morty and its fans. So that was the couple. And it was like Rick and Rick and Morty was represented by one of those like neoprene bodysuits, like those right, black okay. bodysuits that just had the title of the show on it. And so it was this really funny thing where like this guy is like people don't want like the sh- the Rick and Morty guy was like people don't want to get to know me because of you. And like the fan guy was like, you belong to me. Like <laughs> I only understand you. You don't. And, and in there that it was hundred percent right because I kind of have no real interest in Rick and Morty because I just keep hearing terrible things about the fan base. And I'm like, right. I'm done. I don't need to get involved in that. But at the end as a little PS, they were like, they're like, so what, what, what do you think about your relationship? And it was somebody standing next to somebody in the Westworld outfit. And it was, and the guy's like, honestly, I don't know what I'm still doing here. Like, like, so, so, yeah, I guess some people didn't like season two of Westworld. Yeah. Do you think we're just TV show apologists, Mike? Maybe. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm looking back at all this stuff and all this shit that people hate. You and I are like, well, it wasn't the best, but it was still okay. You know, I yeah. think that's our, our go-to response for most of these controversial seasons. I feel like we're a little more forgiving. I mean, I'm one of those people that really like, like, there's bad movies that I really like. Most people would agree that Alien vs. Predator Requiem is a terrible movie, but I love that movie. Right, okay. You know, like... But, but I mean, that's not unusual, like, for somebody to enjoy a, you know, a quote-unquote bad movie. You know, that... I think everybody's got, like, their, their dark secrets or whatever, like, they, they pull out every once in a while. But I don't know. I, I, I think the only, like, major TV show that I've walked away from over the last few years is The Walking Dead. Because I, I, I got burned out in like season nine, I think, season eight. And it's like, I just can't take any more of this crap. And, and I walked away from that one. That's fair. I stopped in season seven myself. And the funny thing is, is I'm a big fan of the books. Like I actually, I have, with the exception of the first 12 issues, I have every issue of that book, of, uh, of the, the actual comic. And, and I don't mean like collections. I have like each individual issue. Like I've been reading it that long and I just couldn't do the show. Like it, it just got to a point where I'm like, this is so far removed from what I liked about the comic at this point that like, I just feel like there's no extra value in me watching this. So I just let it roll by the wayside and never caught up. Yeah. For me, it was the Negan stuff. Yeah. Uh, I know. I wouldn't, we won't talk about it too long, but. Like, it just went on for, like, two and a half seasons, and they went from, like, these small bands of people with limited supplies to, oh, like, a hundred people die every episode. Where are all these people coming from? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it's an all-out war. Yeah, and it was like, where are they finding and everybody? And, and where's all these bullets? Aren't they constantly saying they're running out of bullets? And, you know, I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. It was like, I'm, I'm really tired of this crap. Just someone needs to win or lose. Let's move on. Fair. Yeah. Fair. I find, I find that a lot of shows that I also drop out of are shows that I'm watching with Laura together. And she's like, I'm done. And then I'm like, oh. 
Okay. <laughs> then I may never watch the show again. As well, when well. do I? Where am I going to find time to to watch it? In a yeah, lot of no, cases, right? You know, like when I'm on my own, like they, it was easy to watch a show together because you know it it was something that we were both doing together. But when you're on your own, you're like, well, do I want to watch this show or do I want to play a game? Or like, you know, I'd rather be doing this instead. Kind of a thing. You got to be picky and choosy, and then no, that okay. stuff just falls. You're so far behind. I, I understand. My Netflix watch list is monstrous. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's so big. I will never catch up to all the stuff on there. My, the Marvel stuff on Netflix, they're going to take all that down before I finish it. Oh, see, I've got Disney Plus, so. Haha. <laughs> but I don't know if it's going to go there because it's co owned by Netflix. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's yeah. hard to say. I think I've watched the ones I wanted to watch, but. You know, I got to say. It was an easier segue when we were still talking about The Last of Us, which has to do with the virus, <laughs> to seg it into what we were going to talk about, which is that all of our fun tech in the future is going to be delayed thanks to that pesky little coronavirus. It really is. Although Walking Dead, Mike, it has a virus. Oh, too. Come shit. On. Come on. Mike. I missed it. Damn it. <laughs> but no, you are right. Uh, the coronavirus is going to play hell on all your favorite tech gadgets and everything. Pro- well, presumably both in terms of availability and in price because it hit at a really bad time. So there's the Chinese New Year which is pretty much the only time ever in China that their workers get any sort of vacation time at all. So there's always that downturn. But then the coronavirus hit right at the end of that. So they're saying now that some of the largest factories are only up to like 10 or 15% volume compared to what they usually are at. So the the cost of, you know, hard drives and, you know, SSDs and, and chips and all that type of stuff is going to be kind of crazy coming up soon. So, you know, we were talking about the PS4 and the Xbox Series X. I, I wonder if these shortages are going to, or sorry, shortages slash supply and demand is going to play any major role in the cost of those units. Or is Microsoft and Sony just going to eat it for the first little bit until they can catch back up? Well, the thing I'm hearing is the coronavirus is completely, I had to deal with the fact that we haven't heard anything about the PS5 yet. The PS4... When it came out, it was announced in February. It came out in November. And they're talking about it's supposed to be coming out in holiday this year, which would put it probably around November. It tends to come out in Sony consoles tend to launch in October, November kind of a thing. And they still haven't mentioned it. Like, they haven't really talked about it outside of here's the name and here's some basic specs. There's been no reveal of the controller. There's been no reveal of what the console looks like, anything like that. And the rumor is, is because... The coronavirus keeps pushing back events that they that Sony was going to be at. Like Sony canceled going to the game developers conference. They canceled going to PAX, things like that. And that's the rumor is all of these things that they were supposed to be going to was where they were going to announce these things. And so, so now they're just kind of like, well, how, how do we announce it? Because we, the event we were going to announce it at, we're not at anymore kind of a thing. And, and also when they announced the, the PS4 originally, they did it at this big press event in New York City. If that's something that they had planned on doing, you know, like, oh, well, we can't do it in New York City because everyone has to fly in kind of a thing. Like, that's another coronavirus issue that people could be getting into kind of a well, thing. Exactly. Well, New York State issued a whole state of emergency right now. So I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure they would not be thrilled to have a big conference or anything coming. No, in. no. That bodes well for the conference I have coming up at the beginning of June. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, if, if any budding PC builders or anything out there are looking to buy stuff, now is the time. Like, buy it right now before your your local computer shop runs out because you might not get that cheap RAM or that cheap uh, SSD or anything like that anytime soon. So, there you go, Mike. That's good. That's it's a good time for me to not buy a computer because <laughs> I'm still not buying a computer at this moment. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, good times, good times. I guess I could at some point, but, I mean, this one started to... We, we did some things to it, and it runs... Somewhat better. Mm-hmm. Somewhat better. Well, did you see that um, the Apple and Android are also heavily monitoring their app stores due to coronavirus apps that no. people are producing? So uh, they're, they're saying it's because they don't want to spread misinformation. But of course, everybody's trying to capitalize on, you know, like coronavirus watch apps or whatever. 
but they're they're policing it very heavily and they're removing them constantly apparently yeah well we finally got our first because I, I work at a, at a book distribution thing mm-hmm. and they we got our first submission of a coronavirus book today and we were like mm, do we do we put this out we don't know and we looked at it and it's literally somebody reading the united states like their statement like they have like some website that has all their information of what you should do for the coronavirus and this person just read it and then recorded it and s- is selling it <laughs> is that legal like, i guess i guess it I must don't know. be it's public domain right but yeah so i don't know if that uh if it's not my department. I don't know if that got the cut or not, but yeah. That's crazy. It's amazing. You know what? There's there's one thing I can't stand. It's it's like emergency profiteering. I don't know if that's the right word in, in terms of emergency, but stuff like this, right? Because it was funny because I went to Walmart the other day and I was like, oh, I should buy some like the, the Lysol wipes, you know, just we'll wipe down some handles. It like, will be a little more safe about stuff. And literally the entire shelf of all Lysol wipes and the wet wipes and you know bleach stuff was all cleared out everything so then Tiff's like oh well I'll just order a couple off of Amazon and there was none there but a pack of like wet wipes of like 30 wet wipes was $60 on Amazon and it wasn't it wasn't Amazon selling it was, it. Yeah, it was a third, it was a third party, party person selling it through it but it was just like come on like that's so stupid well I was talking I was actually at the grocery store earlier today and one of the guys I was with knows a guy who works at the grocery store and we ran into him and we're talking to him and they asked him like, Hey, you guys had a run on toilet paper yet? And he was just joking. Yeah. And, and the guy at the store was like, Oh yeah. See, so, okay, Mike, it's an emergency. It could be life or death. Yeah. Why is toilet paper the thing you go for and not like bottled water and canned goods and that kind of stuff? I don't know. I did see a dude. I was actually at a different grocery store on Saturday. I was picking up stuff for lunch for William and I. And there was a dude there who was buying up a ton of bottled water. And I didn't think too much of it at the time because I know my neighbor does that. Like, I know he buys like seven cases of bottled water at once. Because I I saw him unloading his car one day. And I'm like, that's a lot of water. And he's like, well, you know, I drink a lot. (laughs) I'm like, fair enough. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So I didn't think too much of it at the time when I saw this guy with all this water. But now that I think about it, he could have been doing exactly what you're saying is is stocking up on bottled water so that he could profit on it when, you know, the shortages comes. Maybe. But but it's just so strange. Like in an emergency, toilet paper is not something I'm going to stock up on, you know? The funny thing was, too, is the the guy at the grocery store today, he's like, oh, yeah, there's been a run on toilet paper. And we're like, really? And he's like, yeah, but not the generic store brand. Nobody gives a shit about it. <laughs> so there's your, there you go. Stock up a generic store brand. <laughs> That's right. In an emergency, it's got to be three-ply. Yeah. No name or nothing is what you'll be left with. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. But, but hey, I mean, if, if all of these, these tech devices that are missing parts are, are going to be in our future, then maybe the, the, the way of the future is, is is streaming without any boxes whatsoever. Uh, although that's not going well for any of the players involved in that. I don't know if you've been hearing the fun things that have been going on with uh, GeForce Now and Google Stadia. Have you heard any of that fun stuff? Only that they uh, are not quite getting the traction that I think they were hoping they were going to get. But I, I haven't been... I haven't been wading into the details all that much right so i mean we haven't talked about the nvidia geforce now thing yet but from what i understand because i'm not a guy i'm not a pc gamer so this doesn't matter to me but from what i'm able to understand and you can correct me if i'm wrong here the geforce now is a streaming service that hooks up to your existing gaming accounts on pc so say you have a steam account and you bought borderlands 3 or something and you had a computer that was dog shit, like the one that I'm sitting in front of. Right. And you wanted to run Borderlands 3. You're like, well, I can't. I don't have a good enough system for that. Well, you stream the game instead from the NVIDIA servers, and then you don't have to worry about that. You, you can just bypass the thing. But if you've already bought it, then, hey, you're you're good to go. And, and, and that's the case with anything that you've already bought. Like, say you bought, I don't know, 
So, I what's an older game? Stanley Parable. I, I, I don't know why I thought of Stanley <laughs> wow, Parable. Okay. Like, yeah. but, but that's what I thought of. Stanley Parable is an older game. Is Stanley Parable available on Steam? If that's a game that's available on GeForce Now, you can stream that game, even though, you know, you didn't have to buy it again. That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, the issue is, is now that the beta is over, is a lot of people are pulling out. And there's not that much to play on NVIDIA now anymore. Like, all of the big players have started to disappear, including Borderlands 3. That was uh, the the publisher of Borderlands 3 is 2K, and all of the 2K games have disappeared off GeForce now. Yeah. And supposedly, from what I'm hearing, it has to do with the rights of the contracts that they, they wrote up during the beta period. Everything in the contract basically was like, yep, we're good to keep your stuff on the site when the beta is done. But but that's not really what it said. Like it said, like we'll keep it up for the beta. But then the beta is over, and everyone's like, "Well, you still have access to my stuff," kind of thing. Like your beta is done. That was the deal. It was once the beta is done, this is over. So I think I think in a lot of cases, everyone is just renegotiating their contracts. But there are some people who are like, we don't think it's there yet, and pulled out. Like I think Ubisoft is the only major player that's still on. No, that's not true. Epic actually re-announced that their stuff was going back up. So Epic Games stuff. So that's like Fortnite and they they own a bunch of stuff too. I can't remember. I'm actually kind of surprised that Epic is sticking it out because their stuff is all, well, I guess if it's free to play because they, they are basically don't sell any games. Everything now is free to play from them and they got some more new ones coming out too that are all going to be free to play as well. Yeah. So I guess for them it's just, yeah, just get it on everything, right? And make it work. Yeah, at the end of the day, they're paying money to us if they buy, you know, microtransactions yeah, exactly, skins and yeah. stuff. But So that's one issue that's going on in the streaming world. It's just the, the games are disappearing off GeForce now. I actually saw somebody who was bitching because they, they made an announcement that, like, sorry, the Take-Two games are coming down temporarily. So one, of the, one of the comments was like, I bought GeForce now just to play Borderlands 3. I hate you. You guys are terrible. <laughs> like it was, yeah, it was the kind of comments you'd expect to see. In, well, in yeah, a, of course. An yeah. announcement of we have to take something away from you temporarily kind of thing. But on the other side of the, of the, the streaming street, Google Stadia, things aren't going well there either. Well, no big surprise, though, Mike. We predicted that Stadia was going to be a giant bust. And I think we're right. I think I think we're on the ball with that one. Yeah, I think us and everyone else who talked about Google Stadia <laughs> predicted it was going to be a giant bust. And so there's a, there, there are problems. One of their problems, they have a problem and then they have a solution is kind of what they have going on right now. I guess the solution is also indicative of another problem, but whatever. We'll go through both of these options and then and go through there. So their big problem is, is there was a, an expose, I believe it was Polygon that posted an article about how that there are no incentives for developers to put their games on Google Stadia whatsoever. Like, especially, like, the indie guys. Right. Like, think about a game like, I don't know, Cuphead or Disco Elysium, stuff like that. These, you know, bigger indie titles. There's apparently no no incentive to get your thing on Google. Supposedly, they say things like, you know, normally when I talk to Nintendo or something, Nintendo's like, we'll give you more money if you put it on ours, like ours is an exclusive first or something like that. Right. But apparently, people are like, yeah, they don't really offer anything. I think they're basically like, like the attitude we've been getting is like, well, we're Google. You know, like I was going to say, this sounds like um, when people approach artists and it's like, well, I'm going to pay you in exposure. You know, that's what it feels like when it when it comes to the Google Stadia. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what their royalty percentage is, because like, I know that was a big tipping point on a lot of like the Epic Store. The, their big thing is that the sales percentage that they get is, is so much smaller than it is on Steam. And that's made a big, you know, that was a big point of contention when the Epic Store got announced. But like Stadia, nobody knows. Like, who knows how much like, do people get different deals? Does Bethesda get a better deal on Doom Eternal than some indie dude would get? Like, nobody knows. But they, they said that that's why they're having trouble attracting games. Because I think, I think as of right now, there's 28 games on the service, which is not a lot. No, it's not great. I mean, it's been out long enough that there should be a lot more, especially since it can play existing titles, right? It's not like the PS5 rolling out and, you know, you've got to kind of build that library. 
But a lot of the games that they have are old games. They don't have any big exclusives to draw people in. So on one hand, they need old games, but they're also not getting new games. So they're not getting either, you know, like Untitled Goose Game has been out since like September or something like that. But Stadia doesn't have anything like that, you know? (laughs) Well, and I also wonder that if, if developers don't necessarily want to put their titles on Stadia, and probably GeForce now too, because the experience the players may have may be suboptimal, and they don't necessarily want that to reflect on the game, right? Because I mean, I know like from the IT world, a lot of people blame, you know, a, a bad performing software on everything, except that they blame it on everything except for the thing that's actually causing the problem. So I can imagine that in the gaming world, it'd be the same thing, right? You know, Doom is a little laggy when it comes to the controllers. Well, it's Doom's fault. It's not the Stadia's fault. Or my terrible Wi-Fi that I've got it hooked up to or whatever. Yeah, that was passing the buck. Speaking of passing the buck, nobody seems to be passing the buck to Google Stadia because now the the pro pack that they, they, they've been selling, because that's the thing about the Stadia is they they have two versions, and, and I believe the second version hasn't even actually launched yet. The only version that's available is the paid version because it's the pro subscription that gives you like better resolution and and things like that. Yeah, it's like the 4K one, right? Yeah. And then there's the the free pack which gets you up to 1080p. Well, the free stuff is currently not available yet, but I guess not people are not paying for the pro because the Chrome Ultra, like the Chromecast Ultra that plugs into your TV, they're actually starting to give away 3-month pro subscriptions to Stadia. With the purchase of the Ultra. I just... I, I think it's just dead in the water, Mike. I, I really do. I, I don't think there's anything they can do to really make this... I don't know. More more popular, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know either. It's... Everybody I've talked to... Like, I don't know anyone. Like, I haven't talked to anyone who has been like... I've played it. I liked it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like... No one I know has actually played Stadia, but everything I hear about it from, you know, pundits and, you know, journalists are like, it's not great. You know, like it it definitely could use a lot of work and or like I tried to play this game on it and it was really laggy. So I just didn't play it. And and they'd be like, I have the the recommended speeds, too, like because there's Google has speeds you can go on their website and be like you know test my connection and it'll tell me what package i should be having kind of a thing and, and he's like i i it says i have the the i more than meet the minimum requirements and i'm still getting stutters and delays and- yeah i mean i just wonder who the target audience is for something like this you know because it's not a hardcore gamer by any stretch because if you're going to be hardcore you're going to you know, buy that PC, you know, the high-end PC, you're going to own the console already. Even if you're a casual gamer, you're probably are just going to buy the console. Like, so is this for, you know, grandma and grandpa who just want to dabble, you know, or or uh, I'm not sure who this fits in for. Or like maybe like, you know, Ben and, and William when they're six or seven, right? You don't want to drop big money, but you want to let them play a game now and then. I mean, maybe like... <sighs> I can definitely see how it would appeal to people who don't play games already because it'd be like, well, I want to try it, but I don't want to go out and buy all this shit, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you already have, because my aunt and uncle have a Chromecast. I don't expect my aunt and uncle to start playing games on Stadia, but as an example, that's people I know who have a Chromecast that, you know, it's easy enough for them to just start doing it kind of a thing. Yeah. But then at the same time, you look at it, so you've got to buy, you know, let's say, let's say if you had to buy from scratch, okay, your Chromecast is like 45 bucks or something, and you got to buy a controller, which we'll say is another $50, so that's $100. Why not just buy like a Nintendo Switch for, you know, 250 or something along those lines? Right. You know, it's not a, it's not a that big of a leap above, and then you get like a proper console or something. I don't know. The the sales pitch that that got me interested in it at when they first were talking about it was play on the things that you already own. Yeah, except it doesn't it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, like if I were to play it on my PC using you know my existing DualShock controllers 
And currently, I don't believe the DualShock is supported kind of a thing. And on PC, I don't believe you can get most of the resolutions. And well, that, That's what I was going to say. Like, the PC can support all the controllers, but the resolutions are the worst of all the devices to play it on. Right. Which makes no sense at all, right? I mean, the, the, your computer is arguably the most powerful technology or technological device you own. You know, why wouldn't it be the one to be everything, you know, at the highest quality? And, and, and it's like also that. the most likely to be plugged directly into the Internet. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I don't get it, Mike. It's, it sounds to me like it's it's going to be that thing that you hear about that Google drops. Like oh, yeah. In a year. I, I, I see it lasting maybe another year or two unless they have some huge breakout moment, you know, which could which could happen. But. I don't know. Maybe they just start giving away for free or something. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Well, they, again, once the free version starts going on, maybe it works better once that happens, you know? Yeah, maybe. Well, Mike, Mike, I got celebrity news for you. Oh, really? Yeah, before, because I know we're, we're almost out of time here. But did you did you hear that actress who got stabbed the other day? Uh, what? Reese, Reese. What's her name? Reese. Uh, Witherspoon? No, with a knife. Did someone stab Reese Witherspoon? No, with a knife, Mike. What? Just think about it. Tiff insisted <laughs> that I say this joke on on the podcast. The actress who got stabbed with a knife. Who got stabbed. Reese, and you said, with a spoon? And I said, no, Mike, with a knife. Oh, God. <laughs> she insisted on that? This is pretty much exactly the reaction I expected, but she loves it, so... Is she there? Like, can no, you tell no, her? No, she harassed me for 10 minutes before this podcast to say it on the air. Oh, my God. That was terrible. It was. It was bad. It was. That's not a... She loves it because there's a TikTok meme that's going on right now, and she's all about that TikTok. So. Why? That's for... I don't know. Uh, well, you mean why one day she can come on the show and explain TikTok? Because I, yeah. I don't know anything about TikTok. Every so often, people post TikTok fails on Reddit, and I watch those, but... I like some of the TikTok videos, but again, only on Reddit. Yes. So yeah. The ones that have been vetted by the entire TikTok community. Yeah. Wants to be, to be good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike, take us home. Oh, my God. Well, I guess on that, whatever the hell that was, we're going to end this episode of <laughs> Part-Time Nerds, Full-Time Dads. <laughs> you can follow along on our adventures in parenting at Part-Time Nerds, Full-Time Dads.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and all your favorite listening services. If you want to get a hold of us, let us know any helpful tips. Or even tell us what we said was dead wrong, you can send an email to the dads at parttimenerdsfulltimedads.com or reach out to us on our Twitter or Facebook accounts at PTNerdsFTDads. We'll be back next week with more dirty... More dirty. 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 Wow, dirty dad dirty advice. Dirty dad advice from people who are most certainly not qualified to give any whatsoever. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Mike. <laughs> and I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you again assume the dirtiest scene that's right it's the dirtiest of all dads <sighs> dirty dads that's that's that can be the other podcast that we do the uh, after dark dirty, the after dark version after dark say. version of the show well, I mean, I mean, that's the stream that'll be like the uh, after 11 p.m stream <laughs> the explicit ones the ones that get the explicit tag <laughs> yeah, 18 plus <laughs>